Welcome to episode 23 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC anime universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And they're fine this week, right? It they're, was, yeah. They were odd episode. The first one, similar to last week, surprised me. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. You know, same, actually. That's fair. Mm-hmm. It felt, I mean, it was, it was kind of the embodiment of the 80s kung fu film. A lot of the notes I had for this movie kind of reflect a lot of the the B martial art movies that we oh so love and adore. Oh my god! Mainly yeah. talking about Bloodsport. Oh, There's Bloods- a direct oh connection between this and Bloodsport. Oh god, there is. There is. Oh, I'm. I don't know what that is. I'm very excited to I'm, learn. What that I did a is. lot of very unnecessary ninja and samurai research <laughs> for this. Well, because this one differentiates the two, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's it's a big point for batman because you know it's he's all about fighting in the night which is the way of the ninja yeah but also upload upholding this moral code goodness i can't talk already upholding this moral code yeah uh, that's the samurai the, way yeah the uh bushido okay the the eight rules of the samurai which i told oh. myself i was gonna look up before this and i forgot so i'm gonna look it up now <laughs> not that it matters but i would like to know that they uh they mentioned bushido in the episode they do right yeah because okay. um, I think, oh, because uh, obviously the villain whose name I already forgot. Kyodai Ken. Yes, Kyodai, thank you. Um, he's, you know, this murderous a- asshole. Yeah, he kind of is. And he'll do whatever he can to get what he wants, which is kind of the ninja way. Oh, yeah. Samurai have to uphold honor and, you know, have to uphold this moral code, which falls in line with Bushido. Okay. That's what they're talking about. It's like you have to follow the laws of Bushido if you want to. If you want to stay this kind of, or not, if, you, if Batman wants to stay this kind of light of Gotham that's in the dark. Yeah. I don't know. Kind well, of A light shining there. in the dark. There. It, it basically came together. It's like a black light. Yeah. Oh, no. Don't blacklight Gotham. That's fine. So many things. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we are talking about, of course, Day of the Samurai, and then our second episode is uh, Terror in the Sky. I'd say both are better this week than they were last week. Yeah. I had a moment completely unrelated to anything actually in these episodes. I really miss Robin. Like we've gotten a, a couple, like, just a few episodes here and there where he's in them. And I generally like the Robin episodes better. I like yeah. that t- dynamic between the two of them. So I, th- I think we're getting close-ish to the point where Robin becomes more prominent. I hope so. Because I also noticed, when you bring that up, uh, Alfred is getting less and less screen time. Yeah. So we, if, we ta- if we think of the first, like, ten Tim Talk episodes... I feel like we talked about Alfred a lot. How he's yeah, he was this, in there a lot. Yeah, this parental figure, and he's there to have this banter, and he's there to kind of cheese up the scene a little bit. Yeah, um, had a little fun. Yeah, and he, it's just kind of he's been missing, and it's it's weird because I hadn't noticed really. Yeah, I guess I hadn't really noticed that either. But if you think about it, you know, long term down the the stretch of at least just even the Batman animated series into the the redesign of the new Batman Adventures, that's kind of the progression of things though, right? Like it starts out with mostly Alfred and then we get Robin and then transitions into Batgirl and then the new Robin and Nightwing and like it kind of goes from being just Alfred to kind of the whole Bat family. Family. Yeah. yeah. And then I was always kind of disappointed that they the whole Bat family basically just disappears once it becomes the Justice League. Like, I get that they were expanding the world, and they're going for different characters, and they had kind of done a lot of the, the Bat family stuff. But I thought there was so much more room to go with that. Right. And none of them really ever appear in Justice League. Or... I can't think of... I think 
maybe Batgirl is in the like all girl episode. But uh, I don't think I don't no. think she is. No, she's no. not. No, because there's um there's a girls' night out episode in the redesign with Batgirl, Supergirl, Harley, Ivy, and Livewire. It's really good. It's one of my favorites. In which one? In the the new Batman Adventures. Oh, okay. I was yeah. thinking of the um uh the JLU episode. Where they're um, oh the yeah underground fighting pit with Black Canary oh yeah it's Black Canary and Huntress and um, yeah but she's not in any of that the not Starfire fire oh Star Spangled Kid no no because it's she she's oh green has a Brazilian accent oh fire it's fire and ice that's what I thought yeah yeah okay yeah, I said Starfire fire the not the Starfire non Starfire whose name is fire yeah got it yeah yeah sorry I just watched the Teen Titans trailer and I'm. Oh She's the um, oh the Judas Contract mm-hmm. trailer. I'm I'm a little behind. I've seen that trailer, but I haven't seen like the Justice League versus Teen Titans movie. Oh, neither have I. Okay. I'm also behind. Yeah, because <sighs> Dark just came out, and I feel it, like that's I'm right. Now, like three movies back. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm like one even before the Killing Joke. I think that was um, that might have been just... no. That was the um, Court of Owls. No, I've seen that one. I, I know I have. Maybe the, my next one to watch is Just League versus T Titans. I'm not sure. I don't love those. The ones. new 52. The new, the, the new, new 52. Yeah, because it's kind of yeah. uh, this ongoing continuity that got going on. I just don't, I don't know. They don't really do it for me. Like, even when they had the uh, Bad Blood, which has Batwoman, who I absolutely love, and it had Dick as Batman and Damien as Robin, mm-hmm. which is, again, a, a great structure, like a great concept to, to put those characters in those roles I, it was kind of meh i don't know i didn't i didn't love it but i mean i'll i'll, I'll keep up with them yeah eventually i mean I, I i definitely think the best ones were pre-war yeah it's kind of what started the new storylines yeah. they're generally all the the one-offs like yeah superman doosday and flashpoint God, flashpoint yeah under the red hood which yep. is still one of the absolute best oh yeah dark knight returns cries of two earths yeah that's that's just me i feel yeah. like no one else I, remembers I, that you know, one I've, only seen that one once, but I remember I really liked it. I because it has James Woods movie. as the evil Batman's Owlman. Yeah, Owlman. Right? Yeah. That was one of the best like nihilistic speeches. I've oh, that's ever right, heard. he does. Yeah, I still want to do some of those movies. Like I, I think we talked before about only doing the movies where Kevin Conroy's uh, the voice of Batman, mm-hmm. but we're actually already breaking that rule with the Lego Batman movie, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So for fans, we, we mentioned it once before. We'll probably say it again at the end of the episode. Uh, whenever this I, this is going to come out. This will come. So, yeah. So this will come out on Tuesday. Yeah. The something. Yeah. You guys the, know the date. You know what today is. 10th. What day is it? Yeah. You guys know what day we're recording. Today's the, the 9th. So it comes out. I have a whole list. But I'm just going to look at my calendar because that's, that's, that's faster. It's a race to see who can be an idiot faster. Oh, it comes out on Valentine's Day. Oh, right. Yeah, so, so it comes out on the 14th. And yeah. then I, sometime that week, um, we haven't figured out when exactly, it will be uh, our crossover episode all about Lego Batman. Yep. Which we're going to go see right after this podcast, actually. Yeah, so... Super excited so about no it. no spoilers yet. No, we, we haven't seen it yet. I've been trying to avoid all clips and trailers, more or less, at this point. Right, same. And, and every time I go to Target, I have to resist the urge to buy the Lego kits. Oh, you can't even look at them because they're no. spoilers. Um, I, don't I guess not as much for this. No, I don't think so. Because uh, that's where all the, the controversy with the Star Wars stuff has been for the past yeah. few years. I also don't know if this is like a, a movie that can really be spoiled, spoiled. per se. I, I guess that's true. Yeah, we, the, we know it's kind of all the villains. We've seen that in the trailer. Yeah, I think th- there would be a lot of cool reveals, but I don't know if there'll be like big like plot twists and stuff. But I mean, there's some pretty damn cool 
Lego kits out there yeah. for this. And I just I have, to, I have to stop myself every time. It's just so damn tempting. So damn tempting. But, uh, yeah. But before we get to that, we got to do these episodes. We have two episodes to talk about that we've briefly already <laughs> we, we kind of lost all control of this episode but we're gonna get well, back on the and track. i try and like timestamp it like oh we have the intro and then we talk about the episode and when we just go this is just be miscellaneous like this. this is just yeah it's just miscellaneous bullshit is what i'll put in intro slash miscellaneous yeah. bullshit but uh so day of the samurai directed by bruce tim yeah um i was very nervous when why? i saw it because i thought this was a very odd episode for him to direct this is before i watched it i just okay. when the title card came up oh see, i saw his name i was very put off that's bizarre i had like the opposite reaction like oh cool you were excited like i was like i mean he's generally pretty damn good well i was just compared to the last i mean the the last ninja episode was fine but he did he direct that one i don't think so i can look it up um i'm I'm just comparing it to the to the last time we saw kaido ken um i don't think i I didn't pronounce that right kyodai ken kyodai ken i think i don't don't know kyle uh kyle ken is kyle ken no that's the move (laughs) from dragon ball z Wait, is the what from Dragon Ball Z? The the power up move that Goku uses before he becomes Super Saiyan. It's called Kyle Ken. Kai Kai fuck. How did I already forget this? It's not Kyle. Okay, I thought it's you like said Kyle. Kyle, Kyle isn't that right? Kyle Ken times. I don't, I don't know anything three. about whatever. It's been a long time uh, since I watched the Vegeta arc. I don't know. I'm sorry, guys. I, it's been a long day. <laughs> it is also sweltering hot in my apartment because I can't have That's the window fine. open. Or the air conditioning on. So Day of the Samurai, fuck, fuck directed you, by medium. Bruce Tim. <laughs> I'm still trying to find that of the ninja. Go ahead, start talking it's about fine. it. I've, uh, I've forgotten most of it. We, as we've mentioned a few times now, <laughs> it's the reappearance of Kyodai Ken. Oh, uh, Kevin Altieri directed the, the last okay ninja episode. But continue. Uh, director uh, reappearance of Kyodai Ken. He kidnaps the star pupil of there of whoever trained him and oh, bruce yeah what's her what's her name i didn't write that down uh carrie tanaga sure yes that's what i wrote down at least but yeah um and batman takes it upon himself to come and get her back yeah um yes because uh honor i guess yeah well it's well yeah i mean it's, it goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning where it's like he he is honor bound to to help. He probably also feels a little responsible because he just totally shamed Kyodai Ken last time he came to Gotham, mm-hmm. and so, he didn't capture him. That's true. So yeah, he kind of takes it upon himself because he's still out in the world. It's his fault for not apprehending him. Yeah, which is dumb because anyone can escape, especially a ninja can get out of Arkham. Absolutely. Well, I mean, everyone can get out of Arkham yeah. as we've seen with uh, no subtlety whatsoever. If I recall, there's a whole bunch of like little scenes that don't really do much to set up the plot in here. Like I have one of my notes I have on here is Fruit Ninja because like I also wrote down Fruit Ninja because <laughs> we we cut to Ken and uh, Tanaga, his captive, and he's just cutting fruit with a sword for no particular reason, really. It seems like other well, than usually um, when you have a katana. You you want to check the the sharpness of it, mm-hmm. so that's why you always see in samurai film or you know martial art films they either cut through that stack of rolled up um, like bamboo. Straw? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. They either do that or they cut through a ham mm-hmm. or a, sorry a pig. Um, they're not, they're not cooked, yeah, yeah, uh, because it, that's the closest to human flesh. Oh, that's right. Skin. The same reason the MythBusters are always using pigs, right? So, okay, along those lines, 
at one point in the episode, Ken like uses his sword to cut down a billboard. Is that a thing? Like, can swords be so sharp as to like slice through solid metal structures like that? I feel like it would just do more to fuck up the sword than it would to actually cut the thing down. It's I I don't know. At that point, I was just kind of beyond belief. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't really care at that point. <laughs> In the in the comic world where we have you know adamantium and all these other that's true unobtainium yeah I mean the, to be fair this episode falls in the middle of three episodes about people turning into animals so that's, I'm, that's I'm very true. probably being a little bit nitpicky yeah um, but I mean we also did see jumping back I think it was on MythBusters where they they had the idea of a sword can cut a bullet in half oh I remember they tried it, that yeah yeah I remember they, what the did, result was it did cut the bullet yeah yeah oh that's right yeah. I haven't watched the show in a long time. I did love it though. How's the you, you watched the White Rabbit Project? Right? I did. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. I probably won't watch it. That's fine. You don't have to. Okay. It's. I I think I'd said it before. It's just kind of a in the background kind of show. There's a couple okay. of little things that are really interesting. Um. But overall, it was just fine. Okay. Um. But sword slicing things, <clears throat> fruit ninja. Yeah. So he so. He's cutting through fruit, which I assume was just kind of a callback to cutting through those other things to show the sharpness to show the sharpness of the sword. Yeah. Uh, while that's happening, uh, Bruce is talking to his former master, uh, and he's like, "It's it's uh, the master's like it's your fault that he's out." And he's like, "No, it's Batman's fault." And Does- he's like, "Don't you know Batman?" And every time at this point, people have to like catch on. Because the master's like, well, don't you know Batman? And Bruce has his stupid yeah. smirk. And he's like, like, I've met him before. I've met him before. At this point, like, people have to understand that he either is Batman or he's fucking Batman. Exactly. Like, you don't make oh. that stupid face any other time. Sorry, I'm going to stop thinking about that. Um, of the Bruce Batman costume? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> only only in Mad Hatter's world. Oh. But, but, okay, but my note on that was, does the sensei know... I feel like he has to. I think he must, right? Because right? uh, well, well Bruce says, "Good God, Kyoto Ken." Kyoto Ken knows because fighting styles are like fingerprints. It once you because he fought him as both Batman and as yeah. Bruce, so Kyoto Ken knows. Which I I love that um, they just throw that line out there that Ken knows mm-hmm. because the whole climax of the last episode with Ken was trying to prevent him from figuring out that Batman and Bruce are the same person. No, I thought it was to prevent the 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 girl. Oh, who was I guess it was, I guess it was mostly to prevent Summer, but it was yeah. still implied that he he didn't know, right? I guess I think that's why they they said it here. Yeah, that he does know now. But, so, but does the sensei know? Because I mean, obviously Ken knows, but the I don't know about. I assume it, I assume the it's kind of the same way that like we talked about it in Robin's Reckoning in the Young Justice episode where. Um, Oh, the uh, uh, Dick goes Haley. back to Haley Circus, right? Yes, it's Mr. Haley. Yeah, or Mr. Haley knows that Robin is Dick because they they look the same when they're in the air. That like I feel like the Sam, the master hasn't seen Batman fight, but like I feel like it's very obvious to him. Like this guy, who else can beat his pupils other than another one of his pupils? Yeah, I suppose that makes sense because I don't know. It's just it's played. It's played ambiguously in a lot of ways. And I wouldn't even say like coyly. Like I for me it was almost a little bit confusing. Like sometimes it seemed like he knew, sometimes it doesn't. I guess it doesn't really matter that much in the grand yeah. scheme of the episode. Mm-hmm. By the end, it was pretty obvious that he I guess he knew. Yeah. Um 
Oh, so so we learned the the actual plot. Is oh yeah, Teodai Ken is trying to get his hands on this mystic scroll that has it's it's basically what was it from Kill Bill Volume Two the like the five finger palm punch or whatever. Yeah, well, Did... well, what I connected it to is it's called the Way of the Fang mm-hmm. in the in this universe and in the scroll there's a move called the death touch yes which in uh in most martial arts comes down to the din mock which is the move that jean-claude performed (gasps) in Bloodsport when he breaks the boulders oh my god you're right yes yeah oh that Uh, is he can perform the din mock (laughs) never uses it again after that i forgot about that but there's there's multiple kind of versions or ideas of this death touch where kind of it's um this like where it it's basically a fighting style kind of similar to um I didn't write it down but it it's pressure point fighting it's yeah. basically you know and if you when you see the scroll later in the episode you see it is marked with all the pressure points yeah it's and in, the five-point palm exploding heart technique. Right. That's what it was from Kill Bill. It's basically the same thing. Yeah. Well, kind of. one well, touch instead of five. Yeah. Yeah. So in some martial arts, it's a kind of hit to the temple mm-hmm. in that kind of pressure point. And it, it cuts off circulation to the bl- or blood circulation to the brain. Uh, this version, which I think is the more common one, it's a hard punch to the sternum. Or not the sternum. The solar plex. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. The death touch. Didn't mock. Yeah. And then oh. in yeah in Kill Bill and also in boxing there's the I don't remember which boxer it is but some boxer sa- says that he has the heart stopper punch mm-hmm. where he hits so hard in the chest that it actually makes the heart skip a beat. Oh, that's fucking awesome! Yeah, it's kind of cool. So there's there's multiple iterations of this death touch. Oh yeah, concept. Boom. there you go. Bloodsport. I'm looking at the Wikipedia article yep. on it. Oh, it's like the Vulcan neck pinch. Yeah, and what's the thing from Kung Fu Panda? The oh, um, the Wushu Pinky Hold. Yeah, I also wrote that one down. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Oh, and then of course this is referenced too. Uh, but yeah, that's what the plot is. That Ken wants the scroll that mm-hmm. has this death technique on it, yeah. and so he's kidnapped the pupil Tanaga in exchange for the location of the scroll because the sensei is the like think great great grandson of the guy who created it, mm-hmm. who knowing the power of this martial art technique, like stashing a scroll and put it in a box in a hole in a cave in a volcano. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I got, like I said in the beginning, it's, it's B Kung Fu movie. Yeah. It reminds me of, uh, three ninjas Two. Yes. Where they go to Japan and they have to get like the, the two. No, two is where they go to Japan. No, two is when they go to the Native American reservation. Three is where they go to Native American reservation. I do not believe you. <laughs> really? All right, hang on. We're gonna. I'll let you look this up. No, because because uh, I think number three brought back the original Rocky, who got replaced in the second one, and they go to Japan. I know because I've seen Three Ninjas three or two a shitload of times. I think I saw the third one once. I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? I'll wait. God. I'm, to- I'm so totally fine being patient to be proven right. Um, three ninjas, uh, kickback. God is God. That's stupid. That doesn't make sense. You're right. What do you mean? No, it it makes perfect sense because it fits the trope of kids' movies. The second one, they always go on a trip, like consistently across the board. You think of any. Like, successful kids' movie yeah, or, like, rats. young adult movie, the second one is almost always a trip somewhere because the whole point is, like, oh, it's them, but in a totally different world. 
Yeah, Rugrats do go to Paris in their second one. See? Whatever. Just saying. Whatever. <laughs> Wait, what year did... Uh, first one was 92. That's okay. All That's all I saw. And then... Kickback is 94. And then what's... Knuckle Up is 95. And then okay. the best one of the quadrilogy is 98 oh that's when they go to the the amusement park with hulk hogan with hulk hogan yeah never seen it oh you are missing out i highly doubt that it's it's <laughs> wonderful you i continue to question your taste in movies no need to <laughs> um but anyways okay so uh what were we talking about oh the the scrolls they're yeah, hidden so... off in the, the volcano somewhere yeah, so um, the master has the map, and he's going to trade the map. Batman is going to trade the map for the girl. Yes, and they go to an exchange on the rooftop, right? And Where all exchanges are done. Yeah, as it should be. And Ken kicks the pupil off the edge, so Batman leaps off to go catch her. There's, let's so, go sorry, I had, I had a very big problem with this scene. Oh, it's a great so fight scene. It was, it, was, it was a pretty good fight scene. Yeah, it was all right. You know, because she is a trained martial artist, so I, I understand that she could knock him down. Yeah, she could fight She back. escapes while Batman is trying to no- trying to negotiate. Um, and she's running towards Batman. She's very much in the middle of this building. I'm going to say minimum oh, yeah. 15 feet between her and the edge very of the building. Very easily, yeah. And, and, and when he kicks her, he, the direction he would have kicked based on like the, the aerial shot would have sent her across the roof, not over the edge. Right. Yeah, there's some horrible spatial awareness in this. And it's not even like... Since I have been doing boxing recently and kind of knowing how the body works, mm-hmm. he only kicked by using like his his thigh stayed still. He only kicked using like his his shin. Oh, okay, sense. like the lower part of his leg. Yeah, yeah. Which means that which means no hip rotation. No, mm-hmm. no. Sorry, it it very much bothered me. <laughs> Way more than I think it needed to. <laughs> I mean, it annoyed me too. Proper, uh, yeah, proper you... fighting techniques from a trained martial artist, of course bullshit <laughs> uh so she but goes yeah. flying batman jumps after saves her so, yeah cured i can get to the map goes finds the death touch mm-hmm. or finds the the paper it dissolves because it's 500 years old yeah it's an ancient piece of paper in a sense. non-vacuum sealed box yeah like you'd expect um, to happen. but lucky for him a single shard of the paper remains and it holds the key to the death touch yeah um batman is now on the hunt he finds... Oh, no. Kyodai Ken kidnaps Alfred. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Poor man. Poor Alfred. I don't, even, I don't think he has a line in this episode, and he's no, still he, kidnapped. He does, because he, he's talking with Bruce in the Batcave. I guess he's talking true. with yeah, Bruce. Yeah, like, he, he's actually... Um, he commiserates with Bruce in a way that we were actually saying doesn't happen as often yeah. anymore. So he's, he's relatively central to this, but mainly because they kidnap him. Yeah. Kidnaps... Um, Batman uses his police tracking technology that he just happens oh, yeah, to bring with, the, with him, yeah. finds Kyodai Ken's lair, hideout, whatever, mm-hmm. finds the dummy. And I thought this was very smart. Mm-hmm. Finds the, the dummy that Kyodai Ken has been practicing with. Oh, to do the, uh, the, the punch. The death touch. Yeah, that's it. Thank you, that one. Um, and he kind of feels the dummy to see where it's kind of uh, been hit the most. And so he kind of can figure out where Kyodai Ken is going to attack. Yeah. And then how did Bruce... Oh, he must have... How did Bruce know to go to the volcano? Uh, he, I don't know. I don't remember either. But he ends up at the volcano, which... Oh, oh, because he wasn't supposed to find the hideout. Yeah. Kyodaiken said he told the master where to find him. Oh, okay. So the master knew I, to go to the volcano. I just love that 
they had to find a way to justify why at the end, like the volcano's erupting. Because when Ken first goes to find the scroll, like we get it, it's, it's shaking a little bit. So we get like an introduction to the idea that it's active and it's maybe a little volatile. And then they just randomly insert a scene partway through at the control center, like the observation deck for this volcano, and all the meters are going crazy because the thing's about ready to blow. Yeah, I and was very the, lost there. Yeah, that's their justification for why the volcano erupts uh, during the fight because it has to. Right. If you're going to have a volcano fight, you got to have something cool going on. Yeah. But I, I did like the actual fight between the two of them because uh, Ken is not wearing his mask and basically tells Batman, like, a, a samurai would not fight in a mask. So mm-hmm. Batman Which takes- I think is... So, so there was a moment right before that fight where Batman kind of leaps into action and takes mm-hmm. on his fighting pose. And it was, a, for some reason, that little, like, two-second clip was so well animated, like, with the cape flowing behind him. They did, yeah. I felt like they did a great job with those two seconds. And then I'm like, oh, there's no way they're going to animate this whole scene with a cape. And then right after, they're like, no samurai would fight with a mask. Oh. And I'm like, oh, they, they got rid of the cape. They're so oh, smart. Oh, because it'd be so hard to animate all the, fight, the moving and the fighting. Yeah, it'd be miserable. Yeah. Oh, that does actually make a lot of sense. Yeah. I had so never I, thought I about I that way. bursted out laughing when they're like, no samurai <laughs> would fight with a mask. And he takes his hood off. And I'm like, well, what about... Oh, there's the, there goes, there the, goes cape. the cape. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not as cool as when he uh, fights mask on, no shirt, no cape. That's always... Oh, that's the best. That's the best Batman pose. This comes in as a close second, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But I, I liked that fight. Cause I remember my big complaint with Night of the Ninja was that they set up that this guy can actually beat Batman in a fight, and they never really fight. Mm-hmm. And here they actually... And even on the rooftop, they don't really get that much time to fight. It's like a quick tussle. They actually get a chance to properly square off here. Yeah. And from what I recall, which I only watched today, so it should be more, but they seemed relatively matched. Like They did for the first half. Yeah. And then you learn that, as usual, Batman was holding back. So, because oh, yeah. he's, he's waiting for the death touch. Yes, that's and right. And then he gets hit and he plays dead. Yeah, he plays possum. He, what's the, uh, what movie? Back to the Future 3 makes yes, fun of that, it. Yes, that is my note on here. Yeah. But it's based off of... It's, uh, I think it's one of the Good and the Bad and the Ugly That's what I thought. Movies. Yeah. I don't know if it's actually... Because uh, it's what? Um, fistful of Dollars for a few dollars more and the Good and the Bad and the Ugly. It's one of the three of them. I think it's Fistful of Dollars. I've actually never seen any of them, which is I've only seen the last. I've only shameful. seen the Good, Bad, and Ugly. Yeah, but it, yeah, what we're referencing is one of the Sergio Leone cowboy movies... With Clint Eastwood, which yes. is referenced in Back to the Future 2, and then again in Back to the Future 3, where he puts the armor plating under his chest. Yeah. Yeah, Bruce so, does the same thing here. Yeah, so Batman kind of puts what looked like a piece of foam. Like it yeah, basically. Easily was Because there's, cut, still, was there's a yeah. hole in it. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's strong enough to stop the death touch, and then Batman jumps after Kyodai Ken. Kyodai Ken, like... Kind of just loses all ability to fight. Yeah, he's and like, Batman's "Oh my kind of just god, like you're still alive!" Knocking what? his hands away with one hand and he just like kind slaps of like sla- him. Yeah, he, he slaps, slaps him. <laughs> that was amazing. It's not a very Batman move. Uh, so then Kirai Ken does a Star Wars episode three where he jumps into the fire pit. Yes, and it's basically a I have the high ground moment. Oh my god, how amazing would have been if he yelled that? It would have been great. Yeah, if uh, only. But yeah, they, they, of course, get separated by a river of lava, mm-hmm. and Bruce tries to save him, and he declines, and then there's a, an explosion, like a gas eruption, and the rock he was on is gone, and he's gone, and we're left wondering what happened to him. We assume he died. It's a pretty good assumption. Because he's yeah. not in any other episodes. Yeah, I don't think he ever comes back. Yeah. So, 
There it goes. Um, and, but there's a nice little moment there at the end with uh, Bruce back with his sensei, mm-hmm. where the sensei is like, yes, you, you wear a mask, which is a trait of the ninja, but like, you know, you, you fight with honor, you do things for the right reasons, you're, you're a samurai. Because at least what I did like about this one is maybe more so than Night of the Ninja, it actually has a bit of a theme going on. Of, right. Oh, you know, Bruce being uh, compelled by honor to go do the right thing, but also struggling with that idea as well. If he, is he also this kind of rogue ninja element like Ken yeah. is? You know, I, I really enjoyed that point because kind of piggybacking, piggyback, good God, piggybacking <laughs> off of that point, uh, the last episode, both of them were kind of turning points to in becoming Batman. So mm-hmm. last one, we see him training to, you know, be able to fight people. Yeah. And this one, although we don't see it in a flashback, we learn how we went from this vengeful kid to this honor bound very moral yeah you know fighter and it was it was i really enjoyed seeing that because i we obviously haven't seen much i don't know if we're going to see much of kid batman where he's i don't i don't think so i mean i think maybe we get a little bit with satana i feel like okay because i think he trained with zatara her dad yeah but in general right we even in this series we only get so much of him out on the road training and i guess when i see those things i immediately think of the opening of Batman Begins. Yeah. Uh, where you, where you, I feel like that point hammers a lot stronger in that context where you do see this kind of kid, teenager who's going to shoot Joe Frost, Joe Chill. Joe Chill. Yeah. Joe Chill. Same thing. Uh, it's been a long day, guys. Um, where he's going to shoot him and then he does his training and he gets kind of this shell of honor that he yeah. can't break. Yeah. I, I, so I was thinking about that too. So I have a question for you. With, do you think that this general plot line would be a cool inclusion in a live action movie, or do you think it's already been kind of done with the opening training of Batman Begins and also in The Dark Knight, where he goes to, uh, I think it's Hong Kong, right, to go mm-hmm. bring back Lao? I don't Do you think they could do something like this at some point, or do you think it's been too closely done already? Not with Batflack, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, maybe. And I'm sure we're going to get another iteration of Batman in the next 10 years. God, one hopes. Maybe. I mean, I would I would really enjoy a year one movie. Yeah. I mean, I think the closer we're ever going to get to year one they did with Batman Begins, I meant more this idea of him having to, like, return, like, go to another part of the world to kind of uh, address, like, demons from the past and a little bit of hinting at his time abroad. That kind of idea. I mean, I guess I would, I would love that story. I don't. Yeah. Th- yeah, I don't think we'll get that. Yeah. Because well, I guess to be fair, this is actually really similar to the Wolverine arc that became the movie The Wolverine. I think it's a Chris Claremont story, right? Where he, or no, it's Frank Miller when he goes to Japan in the comics. I Whatever. don't know Marvel as well. Yeah, but I guess it is kind of similar to that, right? Where like he goes to Japan and has to deal with stuff in the past. Mm-hmm. But because I think it, you're right. There is something cool going on here, and I like that general idea. I like the idea of Batman being out of Gotham a little bit because we haven't seen it too much. Right. No, yeah, I, I really enjoy that. And I would love a movie like that. I don't think we'll get one, no, mainly because so. of uh, marketing and toy sales. Yeah. It's hard to... I mean, it's not hard to market a, a ninja toy. No. But you're not going to sell as many generic ninjas as you are a Joker or a Penguin. Yeah. And I guess the one one cool potential thing about the the extended universe is the possibility of having a whole bunch of villains just kind of there in a movie, not necessarily being front and center that we've talked about that, that that might end up happening at some point, which would be kind of cool. Right. Um, yeah. 
I did have a bit of trivia for this episode. Oh, actually, tell me your trivia. Uh, so the pupil Tanaga, I think Carrie Tanaga, she makes a reappearance in Batman Beyond, which I had forgotten. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that awesome. uh, Bruce sends Terry to go train with her to be uh, become a better martial artist. So she's like in her seventies <laughs> and has a a studio that basically she carries on the tradition of the sensei and opens up a, a place in Gotham, which is kind of cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I I, I mean, not having ever really like dived into all the little details of this universe, I forget sometimes how much they just put those little strings there into Batman Beyond and even some small little spaces in the Justice League shows. Well, that's what we're here for. To I know that's fill what... all those little holes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, any other thoughts on this one before um, we we roll along into? Oh, uh, kind of going. I've talked way too much about the Death Touch and Din, mm-hmm. uh, Dimlock, Dimmock. Uh, but there's one other appearance, even though it's not part of this canon. Uh, they perform it in Teen Titans. Do they? Yeah, it's the um, season. Oh God, four, I believe. Let's see, one is all about Slade. Two is all about Terra. Three is all about Raven's father. Oh yeah, it has to be season four. Season five is all about. Um, yeah, four is all about Brother Blood. Okay. Um, when sorry, I love Teen Titans. I know. I'm aware uh, of that fact. For uh, those of you playing uh, Tim Talk Bingo at home, you can check the t- uh, Teen Titans box. Yeah. No Kim Possible yet. You no, not this on that box. Um, when Cyborg is fighting Brother Blood, uh, Brother Blood creates this, like, his own version of the Cyborg armor. Oh, I can remember that, yeah. Uh, and he says it's, like, so much stronger because it, he's all robot and not human anymore. Mm-hmm. And he kind of just, like, gently pushes through uh cyborg's um solar plex and it pierces his armor completely oh because he has no muscle there yeah like that's the hardest part of the body to create muscle i think Mm -hmm. it's actually impossible uh and so he just kind of pushes through his armor and it was i I don't know i i thought of that when watching oh nice no i'm glad you have these teen titans pulls because i i've only basically seen them all once i'm not sure i've even seen them all they're great yeah pretty great spinoff podcast uh, all right, I think this is where we'll put in the plug. Yep, see you on the other side. Yeah. Hi, Frank. Hi, Amanda. What are you doing? Just making this promo for our podcast. You mean the Novice and Frank present a comic book podcast? Exactly. Wait, what's it about? So glad you asked. It's where a comic book novice and a comic book expert discuss comics and media with special guests. A novice and an expert? Which one am I? Uh, you're the expert, Frank. I knew that. Sure. Check out new episodes every Wednesday on the Nerdist School Network and subscribe on Podbean and iTunes. And tell us what we should read next at thenoviceandfrank at gmail.com. See? You are an expert. And that was it. So I, I realized... To the other side. <laughs> I realized uh, as I was editing last week's episode, I said that I thought it was hell mouthy. It actually wasn't. That was the week before. Oh, no. Um, but conveniently, because I looked at the list ahead of time, and this week's promo is Novice and Frank. Oh, great. Have you listened to them yet? I did listen to them, actually, uh, just because, again, a number of really perfect coincidences in a row. I looked at their episode list, and they had one for Kingdom Come. That's the exact one I listened to. That was one of those, because that's one of my favorites, and I just happened to have reread that, like, last week. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was great. Yeah. And you're right. They they really do go into so much more than just, I mean, because we sit here and recap and talk bullshit, but, you know, they actually get into... Like the industry, they really know their stuff's about comics, mm-hmm. um, and I love their improvised 
opening Intro and, and, and closing. Yeah. yeah, no, it's a, it's great. So like, I, I was already excited to get to do the the crossover with them, but even more so now. Like, I think it's gonna be a yeah, lot of fun. Yeah, like I said last week, I'm really excited to pick their brains about kind of everything. Yeah, like, I'm excited. They obviously have the like he has all the comic knowledge. Yeah, and she's a writer for Warner Brothers. Uh, is she a writer or is she an artist? Writer. Okay. Um. So I'm very excited to talk, uh, specifically Warner Brothers animated. Yeah. Which is my wheelhouse. Of course so it I'm is. I'm very excited to I, I'm excited nerd to, out in front of her I think she just walks away. I don't know if I've ever been in a room where it's like comic book and nerd related stuff and I will be the probably the least informed person <laughs> there. That is what I'm excited for because like everyone else is going to know a shitload more than me. It's going to be very interesting. It's going to be great. I, I, I'm excited about it. But uh, until then, Terror in the Sky, yep. uh, the return of Man Bat. Kind of. Maybe. Oh. oh. Find out next week on Tim Talk. <laughs> and we're done. No, there's more to go. Um, so I have very, I didn't take a lot of commentary on this, but I think it's, uh, there's some guys down at the docks, right, who mm-hmm. are unloading fruit mangoes mangoes i believe is what it was papayas i'm not sure what sure. they were but uh man bat what what very much looks like man bat the same style mm-hmm. the blue pants the whole look uh attacks and flies off sorry quick i have a lot of questions about this episode oh i do too. by the end of it none of it makes sense. none of it makes any sense no and, and we'll we'll very quickly get to the points where it doesn't make sense because actually i'm about ready to get to the first one yeah because he so man bat what we assume is man bat flies off Goes into a house, and then it cuts to Kirk Langstrom, so the man who transformed into Man Bet originally, who made a reappearance last week with one of those episodes, uh, wake, wakes up from a nightmare, and he walks over to his window and sees that the, the floor mat, like the whatever next to the, the window, sliding glass door, is it's all ripped up and, is covered, ripped up in and covered in what juice. we assume mango juice. Yeah, so juice. very much setting up that that was him and that he had like come back and transformed and got back into bed and then, uh, like and then woke, woke up from up that. Again. Or maybe he, yeah, that he thought it was a nightmare. So right from there... It's, he thinks he's unconsciously transforming. Yes. That Batman's symptom is no longer working. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, the antidote. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, the it's, it's falling yeah. apart. So then uh, Batman overhears what's going on at the docks. So he... He's pissed. He's, oh, he's not happy. Then he goes basically straight to the... Or he goes back to the Batcave, I think, right? And then the next day goes to the zoo. Yeah, he goes to Langstrom eventually afterwards. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. angry with him. He's like, how can you be taking the serum again? Yeah. Langstrom is... Oh, he's he, he's being attacked from both sides because yeah. his wife walks in. Oh, I, I do love it, too, because she she confesses to uh, Dr. Marsh, her dad. Yes. All three characters are back. And uh, she's, like, really upset. It's like, oh, my God, Kirk's experimenting again with the bat mutagen. I'm like, oh, that was a weird pause. <laughs> this was a very this, very... this episode felt very much like a... Um, like a, a couple's crisis episode. Yeah. Where you can easily replace bat mutagen for like uh, alcohol alcohol drugs gambling uh, philandering i think he's cheating on me yeah yeah it and it it all it it doesn't really quite make sense but, uh, but yeah but langstrom's denying the whole thing he's like I, he says it might be me but i've like checked everything and like i'm trying to find an if answer. it is me it's your fault batman, yeah, he blames batman. your like, cure your, is your not working didn't anymore work and uh his wife is like a breakdown it's like I'm, I'm sick of my life i'm sick of you and she runs off um, and Batman then goes back outside, 
Uh, and Man Bat appears. Yeah, he gets back on the Bat Bike. I did love this. So we see two different forms of security. I don't know if you noticed this. Security systems on the Bat Bike. So the first time out at the docks, it has like shields on it. So like a dome comes over the seat. Right. And like the, the tires are encased in metal. Basically, it's, you know, like the shields for the Batmobile, but on the Bat Bike. Uh, this time, it's basically just a chain. He like clicks a button and like the chain unwinds from a pole. Well, it's like it's like his primary security and his secondary security. I know, but I mean, why have? But that's like if it takes, it's the same button press to put on like a full shielded protection. Yeah, maybe he trusts the zoom. More it was than it was a better dogs, neighborhood, I Chris. Okay, I guess that's what it is. I mean, I feel like there's no good neighborhood of Gotham. But yeah, if I guess the zoo is better than the docks. Yeah, nitpicking. it was also daylight. That's and true. I feel like no one's gonna rob a bat bike in daylight. No, maybe. I could be wrong. Unless it's Jason Todd, but he doesn't even exist in this world, so no. it doesn't matter. But, uh, yeah, so, well, Manbat attacks. This time, Manbat looks different, because Manbat's wearing pink pants and a torn shirt. It took me... Like, I didn't realize it until the next transformation. I thought that was fur. Yeah. they animated it in the same style it's, it's as the weird. fur. It's weird, yeah. I mean, it, it's... Which makes sense. I wouldn't go through and kind of add a second layer of animation second layer, Yeah, I mean, the, the shirt is being worn like a... Uh, like a Preppy northeastern kid with a ascot? No, not an ascot, like a sweater tied around his neck. And oh, that's what I meant. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Um, but yeah, so all of a sudden, Man Bat looks different. And what do I have next here? Oh, there's a chase sequence. Yeah, it was a pretty awesome chase sequence. It's pretty good. Yeah, because Batman grapples. Yeah, Man Bat gets away. Man, yeah. in the end. Uh, and they. Oh, how how does Man Bat get away, Cameron? He. So. Batman grapples onto his leg. Yeah. Man Bat pulls Batman in front of a train. Yes. Yeah, we know yep. another train PSA. Train. Uh, my next note is the fuck was with that gun? What? Oh, yeah. The fuck, so that, was, the fuck was that with the gun? What? Um, there's, I, I don't remember. Oh, uh, Batman goes back to the zoo. Oh, the scientist. With, oh, that's right. With, and, with Dr. Marsh, who's got a train yeah. gun. Oh, that's right. It's like Batman does this weird, like. Not sp- weird awesome he like like when he like kind of spins into a handstand grabs the gun with his legs and then and like whips kicks. it down so the butt of the gun slams dr marsh in the face yeah totally bizarre awesome I, and i love too that like the first episode they're setting marsh up as a red herring that either he's the one transforming or he's mm-hmm. the one who's well that's why i thought the shirt was hair i thought it was gray i thought okay. it was his yeah. gray hair that also would have made more sense than the reality because Again, Marsh is in denial. He's like, hey, it wasn't me, I swear. And uh, Batman has now tested a Langstrom's blood, which is clean, with a sample of the, the bat fur. And he realizes it's not the same person. And then Marsh realizes that as he was continuing the experiments, uh, uh, unbeknownst to his daughter or to Langstrom, that uh, a vial broke and... Mrs. Langstrom. Yeah, the daughter comes in. I can never remember her name. Because it's not important. I guess, no, to be fair, it's not. Um, She walks in, tries to pick up the glass, and gets cut. Yes, and then a tiny. It gets into her blood. Yeah. Basically. So she's the one who's transforming, Mm -hmm. which. um, Unbeknownst to her. Exactly. So as you watch this going through, it's like, okay, now this kind of makes sense. But But it doesn't. When you think about it, it doesn't make any goddamn sense at all because then. Who? Why did Kirk wake up? Got a lot. I'm, I'm just going to start this list of questions. Yeah. Why is Kirk dreaming his wife of, of his wife of what she's doing? Yes. To poor poor way to word that question, but, but it makes I know what sense. you mean. Why is he having that nightmare? Yeah. Um. Obviously, the clothes rip. So, and she has no idea she's transforming. We learn yes. that in the next scene. So that means she is, I guess, asleep 
but she transforms pretty early on the train or on the plane. Yeah. She transforms, I guess, when she's sleeping, rips her clothes, goes flying off, comes back, wakes up enough to realize, like, oh, I'm standing in the doorway naked, goes, puts her clothes back on, gets back in bed, and then her husband yeah. wakes up. Yeah. Puts the sleep mask on. Uh, why did the first appearance of Man Bat look like the original Man Bat and the second and third appearance look like um, Man Batris? I don't know what the actual name is. I think it might be she bat i'm gonna call it man she bat yeah yeah uh, yeah yeah man man batteress um <laughs> I, yeah I, what i don't it doesn't make i mean so what what i'll give them credit for i like this how idea. can he sleep through this fucking <laughs> tra- there's a <laughs> bat in his screaming. bed and it, that doesn't wake him up but him no. gasping in bed wakes his wife up exactly i i don't the one thing I'll give them credit for is that they basically took the formula of the first episode and they turned it on its head. So, yes. I mean, they're clever in that regard. It's not just a repeat of the same thing. Um, and that there is kind of a, a double-blind bluff sort of thing. So, the first episode, we assume it's Marsh. She's the red herring. And then it's actually Kirk. Yeah. Uh, and this one... It's Marsh again. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. We, it, they do kind of the same thing where we think, okay, so it's going to be swapped. So, this time, you know, Kirk is innocent. Um, they actually do a really nice job of like playing him genuinely innocent in this regards, yeah. and then Marsh is the one who's up to something. So they they trick us again. So I'll give them credit for for not going with the easy option. They mm-hmm. go with his wife instead, but just the whole thing logically falls apart at that point. Yeah, and also, sorry, we we jumped past this, but there was a, a brief moment when Batman is confronting him for the first time, um, Langstrom. Yeah, where they did this nice thing where they just ever so slightly changed the character model. Where they gave him oh, the look yeah. of, you know, he's not sleeping anyway. He's he's genuinely worried about himself becoming a monster again. Yeah. Like where he, they added the bags under his eye, they added the stubble, like mm-hmm. he hasn't his hair's messed up. Yeah. And, like he hasn't left the left the office in days. Yeah. They they do a nice job making him very sympathetic. Like we so we're along with the mystery because we don't know whether he's actually the guy or not. But you you want him to not be, because he's genuinely trying to do the right thing. And, right. and he even he acknowledges it's not a denial, like he acknowledges this might be me. And I'm trying to fix it, and he's just frustrated by it. So that part is good, but it doesn't make any goddamn. Doesn't sense. make sense. No, but and the the ending is she transforms on the plane, trying to get out of Gotham. Uh, he for some reason snuck onto the plane and surprises yeah, her is, once they're in the is air. Nineties, you can just walk on planes you at this point. Basically, good. Yeah. yeah. So it, instead of just talking to her in the airport like a normal person, I don't know. But so she transforms. They, yeah, they didn't. I was I was ready for the rom com trope. Of her about to get on the plane and him being there. Yeah, but the stakes are higher. If it's Betty, wait. Air. Yeah, come back. But it's no. not me. I'm not a monster anymore. We can fix this. <laughs> yeah, no, so Langstrom, it's too he, late. He gets they. She. He gets sucked out of the plane. She catches him. Batman is in the Batwing. Has to like save a, a flight attendant from falling out of the plane. He basically just pushes the door back with a yeah, little claw, and then it, I guess it's fine. I don't know. Um, and they get into like in a Batman. I, I like this chase sequence where How it's, did that it's work again? he's chasing her in the Batwing. Oh, that's right. And they're flying yeah. around Gotham, and they do a very good job animating this yeah. scene. And it's all snowing. It's winter. So the whole thing's yeah. pretty. It's very pretty. Yeah, because the few times we've had, I think, minus the first episode, anytime we've had an aerial fl- fight, it's been kind of boring yeah it's not really there's not really any chase scenes in the sky and it makes yeah, sense because it's very hard to keep kind of um where the ground is mm-hmm. it's the same thing when you're for any never mind i was gonna say when you're like flipping around but that doesn't relate to anyone outside of the me being a cheerleader yeah 
um, it's hard to keep your bearings on where the ground is. When yeah, that you makes have sense. Kind of the entire sky to play with. Yeah. So they did a great job with that. Um, and then yeah, they land on top of the bridge. Yeah, because it's where they always land. Always. Um, she, he, Batman shoots her with the cure. Mm-hmm. She's fine. She falls off the bridge. And I, I liked this moment where um, where Langstrom saves her instead of Batman. Yeah. And I'm like, good. They're a happy married couple yeah, again. Yeah, it's like, I, I won't let go. I'll never let go again. And then they're all nice and happy. And uh, Batman leaves them on top of the bridge tower and just walks off to the Batwing. Yeah, that's what I would do. <laughs> good luck, guys, hanging out on top of this snow-covered well, she can just turn back. No, I guess not. I was no, she can't. Yeah, yeah that's done. Just fly him off. Um, yeah. So, I, I got a question for you. Do you think Man Bat is actually a good villain? Villain, no. But I like that they kind of turned it into a detective episode. Okay. Because we, I feel like we haven't had one in a while. Yeah. I guess Riddler was kind of a detective episode. Yeah, a little bit. But so, what I mean, part of what I mean by that is, do you think he would be interesting in a longer format thing. Like, did you ever want to see man bat in a live action movie, for example? No. Yeah. I wouldn't either. I don't, I I think of the, uh, that whole thing. Like, I know there's like man spider and maybe there's a, a man iron too. I don't know. But that whole thing of like, Oh, let's just swap the names around and make a character. So man, Bat. I think of those, yeah. he's probably one of the best ones mm-hmm. has a little bit of dimension, but I don't think he's that interesting. No, if, before him, I would easily put uh, Condiment King. Oh, well, of course. Quilt Man. Yeah. I think I'm pretty positive both those are in Lego Batman. I hope so. Oh, man. It would make my day if Condiment King has a yeah. theatrical debut. I, I'm pretty positive. I don't, have you been watching At Midnight, too? Not as much. Okay, because Hardwick has dropped a couple... Um, points where he's like talking about Lego Batman. I guess he voices some characters in it. Of course he does. My suspicion is he might voice Green Arrow because he did voice Green Arrow on the Batman. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, but I'm hoping that it's maybe one of the other completely random characters, like a Condiment King or, or, mm. or one of those. Um, yeah. Any other any other thoughts on, uh, on this guy oh, here? Uh, what I what I did enjoy uh, did enjoy mm. this episode was directed by Boyd Kirkland. Yes. Which we've mentioned before, he's much better at the emotional episodes. Yeah. I think this is the first one he did a really good job on the action scenes. I'd agree with that. Yeah, I think all the action scenes in this are pretty solid. Because mm-hmm. we have three, two and a half, two, two, two action scenes. They're yeah, both the, pretty solid. The chase scene the and the chase aerial scene. scene. And, the, and those are both really yeah, well done. I was, I was very pleased with that, yeah. knowing that he directed it. Yeah, I mean, this is... a pretty it's not great but it's pretty solid like you said the action sequences are done well there is an emotional story to it uh plot wise it makes no sense whatsoever but right there, there uh, are things to hook into and enjoy so. uh and then my quick question is of the three it's now the third animal transformation episode we've had of yeah. the three which one do you think works the best which one works the best um oh god that's tough because none of them do none of them really do in some ways this but again, it's it, this one I think has the most glaring plot holes in it. It's better written, but it's stuff with plot holes in comparison to. Tiger, I think Tiger. I think I think Moon of the Wolf is has to be the worst of all of them. Yeah, I would say I, my my vote would go Tiger Tiger. This Moon of the Wolf. Yeah, I think that's that's probably fair. If you can get past the ridiculous concept at the heart of 
Tiger Tiger, it's still a pretty solid episode for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, probably because just Catwoman's great. Yeah. Another, another character that I wish had stuck around longer, like she, it's, by the time they get to new Batman adventures and then beyond, not actually Batman beyond, but beyond those episodes, like she, her, she's very minimized in terms of like the impact her character has. But well, yes, it, she's kind of replaced with Batgirl, right? Yeah, she kind of is, which is too bad because I think she is, she is great in these. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're probably right. I think it's Tiger Tiger. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, none of them are that good, though. I know. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else? Or should we... Uh, I think uh, ready for some bat plugs. Okay. What do you what, got? What do I got? Um, I watched the premiere of Powerless. Oh, how was it? It was fine. Yeah? Not great. I was, uh, I was very disappointed in it. That's too bad. Uh, but I also watched the premiere of Legion. <gasps> I which forgot is to watch so that today fantastic yeah oh man it was so it just i think a lot of people are going to be upset with it because none of it makes sense okay and it's because i know the bare minimum of legion yeah and it's one of those things where i can definitely see at the end of the series it's like it's all in my head oh no i mean that, yeah because he's he's schizophrenic right yeah but I t- yeah, it but it was really it's, good. it's great acting. Mm-hmm. Aubrey Plaza is in it. Oh, that's she right. Yeah, up and that because I didn't I didn't besides like a trailer I didn't watch any I didn't yeah I've kind of avoiding it. most of it because I've been I've been intrigued by it. Yeah, I'm I'm glad to hear it's good though because I was excited. Oh about yeah, that one. I was I was very happy with it. It's great storytelling. Um, it feels very memento ish. Ooh okay. Yeah, with with how they not how they set up the story, but kind of. There's like multiple personalities telling the story. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely gonna keep going. Okay. The ending left me with a lot of questions, which makes me excited. Okay. Good. I'm. That makes me happy to know that it's been that you liked it a lot. Yeah. I actually meant to watch that today. I totally forgot. Um, Damn it. And then yeah, and then just continuing with X Men Evolution, taking my sweet time because it's it's still it's, great. Pretty cheesy. After we talked about it last week, I was tempted to go back and rewatch it. I'm like, no, I think it'll probably pass. I think, it, if I recall, it gets a little more mature and it gets better. I think the first season is pretty high school teen drama, and then it gets a little more sophisticated as it goes on. It's still pretty high school. I'm mid-season three, and it's still pretty high school is teen it? drama. Because when they get to the, the last po- episode, was all about Scott and Jean trying to confess their feelings for each other. Is that the one where he's blindly wandering through the desert? I actually mm-hmm. kind of like that episode, though. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great episode. It is kind of cheesy. When they get to the apocalypse stuff, though, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I really love their apocalypse arc. They borrowed a lot of that, actually, for the I way I honestly don't remember. I, the, I don't think I ever finished the apocalypse arc, to be <gasps> honest. Oh, it's so good. Because the last thing I remember when I was watching this on Kids WB was Mystique, turn, spoilers, Mystique turning into a statue and Nightcrawler or Rogue pushes oh, her off. Yeah. The oh, yeah. Oh, you never. Cliff. Oh, it gets. Okay, and I don't I think I remember watching past that. I won't tell you what happens in the end, but it the how that all kind of comes together is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm sure by next week you'll have watched yeah, all of it. Yeah. So, uh, what do you have to plug? Uh, I caught up on Bojack Horseman. Good. Which is it's great. A lot darker than I was kind of expecting. I watched the first season a while ago and I came back to it and like it's actually some really, really heavy shit in there. I was wanted like a light comedy. I'm like, oh this is not light. <laughs> it's actually very, very heavy. Uh so that is one of my other bat plug this week is Dix. Oh, that's uh Kick or Kirk. No, yes, Kirk's. Yes. Yes, exactly. I, I was 
I'm glad you actually knew what that was. I was waiting for you, like, Chris. No, no, no. <laughs> Too I, much. Uh, no, I know your weekend activities. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, Kirk Novak, who, uh, again, friend of ours from Nerdist, worked with me on Hear Me Out. And uh, he and his friend Anna created this kind of twist on the buddy cop movie. So it's Anna's co-writer and then Kirk's wife is Kate is the other cop. Okay. And it's really, really funny. I remember watching snippets that he posted on Facebook and really enjoying it. Yeah. Um, there's some, the, they're just really clever. They really play off all of the, the buddy cop tropes and the, uh, the two characters have just great chemistry. And so it's all up on Vimeo. And uh, okay. I actually saw Kirk today, and I guess they're they're talking about a season two, but right now they're trying to get more into festivals and stuff like that, and and do more kind of broader outreach with what they got right now. But uh, yeah, like I I try and like go find stuff that we people we know who are working on who don't I don't know to get stuff out there, and uh, that's one I highly recommend. Actually, it's really really funny. Don't go watch my shit; it's boring. Go watch Kirk, go watch Kirk's stuff. <laughs> go watch, no, go watch everything. Yeah, go watch Dex. It's really good. They have time to listen to this podcast. They have time to do a lot of other things. In their That's life. true, actually. Yeah, the the long list of things you can do with your time. This is pretty low on that list. Yeah, but we love you guys for doing it anyway. Yeah, thanks, guys. We appreciate uh, it. Anything else? Uh, no. Next week, uh, or yeah, get ready for the Lego Batman. Yes. Uh, review with us and. Podcast of Two Earths. Podcast of Two Worlds. World? Very close. God damn it. I'll get it. Yeah, maybe. Um, and that other one. Novice and Frank. Novice and Frank. It's going to be great. <laughs> it is going to be great. I'm super excited. Like, we are literally leaving here now to go see the movie. Mm-hmm. I only now just realized you're actually wearing a Batman I shirt. I, I, I had to. <laughs> it only took me an hour to figure that out. It's fine. But uh, it's going to be great. But as always, you can find us uh, at Tim Talk Pod on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. I'm at Lordifer. I'm at Cameron.Dexter. Nailed it. I'm, I'm on it now. Yeah, he got it covered. And then, uh, of course, we are part of the Nerdist School Network. So go check out NerdistSchool.com and all the great podcasts and shows we do. Yeah. And I think that's it. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. All right. Bye. The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit NerdistSchool.com.